0: It's party time, and today's episode might have stung my ego a little bit, but I'm here with my friend Gabe. Gabe, what do we talk about today?
1: We talked about how to have impactful communication in your with your team and with your personal life, your family, everywhere. How to actually communicate and be understood.
0: Yeah, yeah. We called George out for verbal diarrhea and brain brute forcing people's brains, but it was good. And we had some frameworks, so here's what I got. Uh, How, by the way, you exactly became a copywriter at 29 years of age. How communication is the secret to depth with teams and customers. How your intentions can be pure, but if you are not understood, you might be mislabeled and become ineffective. How hammering with context will not drive the nail home. Too much context creates confusion without the contents being clear. Being the hero only works until you want to replicate your success. The circle of life is the secret to effective decision-making frame. It's a decision-making framework and tool. And we break that down for you in the episode. We give you the circle of life, which by the way, mind-blowing to help you with your business, your life, everything in general. The biggest mistakes people make when it comes to communication that cost them time, money, and their company. And an amazing tool and one of the most profound questions to create clarity in any meeting any situation and any communication method to make sure that you're clear, they're clear, and you get a desirable result. I think we got it.
1: I think you got it. That's I what should be about. Italian
0: with how much I talk with my hands, but other than that, I'm going to shut up now because we're going to cue the intro and get into the episode. So everybody go listen now. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Cause this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George show. And today I am joined by a repeat guest, My bald brother with a giant heart who lives life the same way I do, life experience, direct, authentic, and just a walking man, like the man, like cigar in hand in the jacuzzi out here helping entrepreneurs and leaders build the best businesses they can. And today we're going to be focused on helping them build effective communication. So without further ado, welcome back to the show, Gabe.
1: Thanks so much, George. You always give the kindest interest, so thank you.
0: God, I really like. <laughs> I do feel like I was a freestyle rapper in a in a previous life because I really love doing those. It like gives me tension in my body because I'm like I don't know what to say, but then it just comes out and it and it works. And nobody's been offended yet, so I'm good. You should do
1: rapping in between full episodes. Just drop a rap rap episode. Yeah.
0: That's what well, like here's here's my here's my secret guilty YouTube pleasure. Like when I'm driving in the car or like when it's the weekend and I'm like done, done where you like sit in a jacuzzi. I open like battle rap on my phone and I watch like secret underground rap. I watch hustle and flow on Netflix and Harry Mack is the jam. I've been working on getting this guy on the podcast for like a year, but he kind of blew up before I got him. And he's been on Ellen a couple of times. So I, I, I have like 12 emails scheduled to his girlfriend who's his manager and they go out every 30 days on repeat. And I was like, I'm going to annoy you into a yes. Like, I just want you. I even bought a cameo, and I was like, I tried to get in the cameo line. I was like, I'm persistent, my friend. But that's that's neither here nor there. So, Gabe, what's your guilty YouTube rabbit hole?
1: Oh uh, man, YouTube. I don't do a ton of, but I do love rap battles, so I can definitely sit and watch that yes, all day this long. This is why we're I, uh, Yeah, I, I, yeah, the more rap, the better in my life. I, I, I listen to a ton of that, and uh, man, YouTube. I like really trippy, weird, like meditative stuff when I get on YouTube, like, do you You know, bi- mm-hmm. like binaural beats with oh, video yeah. too and oh, like, yeah. stuff like that. Like that sends me out super fast and then I can go dream about the things I want to dream about. So that's probably what I do more of on YouTube than anything else.
0: I was introduced because so. <laughs> I was just in St. Louis with uh, my dear friend, Matt Vincent, who's like a Highland Games champion and owns hate brands and blah, 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 blah. And we're like working in the office the whole time, but like he has his massive TVs and it was, like, all this, like, frequency-type music with, like, these crazy Mars backgrounds. And I was just, like, staring at this thing for, like, 30 minutes. Like, it put me in a trance. And I was like, oh, awesome. I got it. Because, like, I'll listen to, like, uh, my favorite Spotify playlist for work is uh, Brain Food or Deep Focus. And they're yep. all, like, around that. So I, I appreciate that one. I appreciate that. Yep. Okay. So yep. – we need to tell everybody why you're here for a repeat. You are here. You would be here. I would do every show with you because we're friends, but we are here because you are releasing a what?
1: Brand new book I've been working on for a little over a year. Yes.
0: Welcome to the offer Club. A year? You've been working on it for a year?
1: Yeah. i i I drafted it, wrote a lot of it, and then set it down for a few months because I really wanted to make sure it was everything I wanted it to be. And I'm, I'm glad I did. Cause now I'm in the final stages of wrapping it up and writing it and uh, it's going to be really powerful. I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. So just so everybody knows, like, here's what happened. Gabe's like, Hey man, the book is live. Uh, you know, would you mind getting it out? And I'm like, of course I would. I bought it. And then I was like, and you're coming on the podcast tomorrow because I know what's in this book. Like you've been in this game for a long time and copywriting yep. marketing you have, I don't know, 744 employees or some crazy number that I can't even count most of the time. And you're almost like this like silent assassin that just sits there, occasionally drops an F-bomb on Facebook, but always has like this devout wisdom and like knowingness of what to do. And so just so everybody listen, Gabe didn't reach out. and He's like, hey, man, can I go on your show? I'm like, hey, man, you're coming on the show tomorrow because I don't even need to see anything more than the outline to know that, I need a copy and everybody else. And so what inspired you to like write the book? So just so everybody knows the book is called atomic words, which I love. And we came up with a good tagline. (laughs) It's translating (laughs) entrepreneurs to English. And we'll get into that more later, but like, where did it, where did it come, come from? Right. You've been writing copy. You've been doing marketing. You've been doing everything for so long. And so what inspired the book?
1: Yeah, I think um, I've been writing since I was a kid, like, you know, poorly, but for a long time. And <laughs> I,
0: <laughs>
1: for a really long time, poorly. And then right around uh, when I turned 29 is when I would say I became a copywriter, but, uh, which is I love 10 that you years know ago. The age.
0: You're like, I wrote poorly, yeah. I wrote poorly. I turned 29 <laughs> and that day
1: I became a copywriter. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. No, it, I did finally have a breakthrough. And I know, I know for me, like as a kid, I was super entrepreneurial as a kid. I had tons of big ideas. Um I was incredibly misunderstood. I'm probably the only entrepreneur out, out there there has ever been misunderstood, but I figured I'd just share that in case anybody <laughs> else has been misunderstood and uh and for me, you know, just going up that way and like um having big ideas, knowing that I wanted to you know have a team it's it's not quite seven hundred plus it's we're about sixty five <laughs> people right now, but
0: same thing um, in my head <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um But knowing that I wanted to have a team that I wanted to impact the world, that I wanted to help clients really deepen their their relationship with, with their audience so they could truly serve their clients and their customers. I, I really believe that I've always had that passion in my heart. And, but the problem was that I just really struggled to communicate that. And in my attempts to communicate it, um, I ended up just being even more of misunderstood or labeled something, you know, that I wasn't. And, A lot of pain honestly is what led to saying, okay, I need to come up with a tool set and a process that works for me so that I can communicate clearly to my team so that I can communicate clearly to prospects and clients. And also, so like when I am sitting down to create, you know, email marketing for our clients or launch you know, launch a huge, you know, paid traffic campaign, or even do TV or radio or direct mail, like we do for some of our clients as well, I wanted the messaging to be effective. And I think that there's. Um, unfortunately a lot of noise around like fluffy, fancy, extra, extra language that doesn't move the needle and only causes confusion. And so I, I was like, I can't, I can't stand this anymore. Cause I'm tired of being misunderstood when I thought I was super fucking clear and not, you know, and not ambivalent at all. And it's like, but then it didn't work. So I realized, um, in that discovering that, that I really needed to break down the mental, like physiological principles that exist in our minds and why things don't get communicated clearly and then also just simplify all that so that in a matter of literally seconds or minutes somebody can go oh that's a communication framework that I can use that will impact my life for the rest of rest of their life um so it just came out a lot of pain and confusion to be honest because I I struggled with it early on
0: yeah yeah I can totally see that and I, I, I joked about 65 guys. I was a Marine. So if it can't be on my fingers and toes, like it doesn't get much higher than that. So my companies will probably never have more than 20 staff members, so I can keep track of them all. You know, I, I really, I, I feel everything that you're saying, like from a deep, I feel it in my soul, like in my soul. Uh, I feel like the first seven or eight years of my entrepreneurial career, the bane of my existence was my intentions were pure. Right. Like I was so clear in my brain, in my body, in my soul, and in my heart. And yet I was like a megalo egomaniac. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I just want to help. And they're like, don't talk to me, you narcissistic, gaslighting prick. And I was like, I just want to help. And then luckily my wife is amazing. And she's like, well, when you make it all about you. uh, And I was like, oh, got it. Um, So I, I can really, really empathize with like that mislabeled misunderstood but you said something really powerful and I actually want you to unpack it you said you dove into like why in our psyche and psychology things don't get communicated clearly I would love to hear the results of that research
1: yeah I I had a a great friend and client point out to me one time that I was just hammering him with a bunch of context you know Mm -hmm. and he said Mm -hmm. I said I don't know where you're going with this game he's like and he's he is, he has run billion dollar companies. Mm -hmm. So he's not like (laughs) he has some experience and he's incredibly intelligent. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Gabe. Like you're just confusing the hell out of me. And we, we ended up having some conversations, some of the, probably the most intense conversations I've had in my life because he's just in a really kind way, one of the most aggressive communicators I've ever met. Like I, I have yet to have a conversation with somebody like, like him. And So I, I started to break down what he was saying and I was like, oh yeah, I'm just starting with all this nonsense and noise and like all these details, all this context, and there's no, there's no way to filter or, um, break that down or know what to do with it. It's just all useless information. And in realizing that he he pointed out some things that he had written and he shared some resources and after a few weeks of studying it I was like, oh, there's a really simple path where you can clearly tell somebody ahead of time here's what I want you to pay attention to when I'm communicating to you. Here's the reason why. And then here's all the context and details. And I, I go into that in chapter four in the book, because it's it, all the tools and, and frameworks that we use and that I've built and had other people kind of share aspects of, that I was able to create from that have really helped. But that one specifically opened the door to all of us because like, oh, like of course nobody's doing what I want them to do, or, or I'm trying to lead and help them and they don't get it. And there's no emotion because, it's just a bunch of noise just a bunch of context but when you set up what you want to accomplish in this really really simple framework every single time you use it there will be zero confusion about the result that you want you know the the destination and, and where you want people to go and um it makes communication a little bit more intense in a good way but it, it cuts down the amount of words you have to write or what you have to say or how long your presentation has to be or even in a confrontational kind of situation which we you know in in my team and with our culture we believe in positive confrontation but even in the confrontation you can just get really clear and go straight to here's what i'm asking for here's you know here's the reasons behind that um and so that that was that realization helped me understand oh the the brain can only process masses of information if you anchor it into one thing and say here's why you need to know all this and 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 I think I know there's plenty of research and information out there about this, but nobody boiled it down into a simple thing that I can teach somebody in literally 30 seconds and they can use the rest of their life.
0: No, normally, if you want to learn, you have to take six months of NLP certifications like that, that, like to to be really (laughs) frank with everybody listening or watching this, like that 30 second piece, like that's the most important part. Cause like people have to go spend their life, like doing neuro-linguistic programming and understand seating and framing and positioning, but really NLP was created out of most of us being really crappy communicators. And then you find the part and I know Gabe and Gabe's the master of like, okay, cool. But like, I want the best tool for the job. I don't need the whole toolbox. Just give me the tool. And I, I love that. I love that. And you know what? I, I really appreciate that as well. And I have a question about this, but I gotta, I gotta frame it a little bit, okay? I was the master at context confusion, right? Because here's what I realized, like going back in the early days of my consulting career, I always created a positive result. And so I could demand this high price, but I only sold ambiguity. Like I sold ambiguity. And it was almost like I created confusion to overwhelm to where they just had to say yes. Because, like, I reflect back now, and at the end of it, and they're like, God, this was amazing. This made so much sense. We had no idea this is what we were going to get. And I took it as a compliment, right? Like, I took it like, (laughs) oh, man, like, I'm good. It's, like, Christmas morning every time I come in, like, present. And I was like, I probably gave these people aneurysms, right? We just paid this dude six figures. He said he was going to somehow magically sprinkle fairy dust on our business, and it's going to scale but yet we have no clue what he's doing. We have 15 team members taking four days off to be in a room with him. Like I can imagine now as like a CEO, like shitting their pants. Like, what did I just do? It's probably safer to play blackjack than with that level of ambiguity. And the reason I'm <laughs> framing that is I have a question about it. And just so everybody understands, I was coming from a very desperate place. Like I could get results for people like crazy, but I wasn't confident in how I could get them. I knew that once I was under the hood of your business, it was easy for me, right? But I couldn't articulate or see from the outside because quite frankly, I hadn't done enough work on myself to figure out what questions to ask because I was just go, 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 go. And it was like bull in China shop. And so I feel like I relied on that context confusion so much because I lacked confidence in what I was doing. And so I'd love to kind of hear like your thoughts around that.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent observation. And I think I think it's completely natural early on in any career entrepreneurial or not to like, we want to go in and be the hero. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we learn a ton. So there's like, there's absolutely nothing I would regret, because I've done the same thing. So, uh, But there's nothing to regret there. However, the problem comes up when you want to replicate your success. And if you can't you and i have been selling long enough and been in the game long enough that it's like we can in a healthy serving way create some overwhelm and that's okay and then we can lead a prospect through that and get them to the destination to sign and then get the result but that's that's not the fastest path and it's and it's only something that you as the founder the ceo that the entrepreneur in the business can do because you have all knowledge all power and all resources in your little world right mm-hmm. in your business But the second that you would want to say, like, Oh, I want to replicate what we have done for these other companies, I want to keep charging six figures or whatever you charge, and I'm going to have team member x do that. One, it just don't work because you can't sell it because you have to sell a tangible result because your charisma and your experience and your personal results won't carry that deal. Um, And so Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, it, but it feels so
0: good at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so like we're in the process of building out the toughest, you know, one of the toughest departments in my company has been building out the sales department because I can sell whatever I want whenever I want. And I realize it's that's great, but it it's because of just having that whole holistic global, you know, universal knowledge of what we can do and what the company can do. And now, you know, we, we're walking through the same framework with our team of like getting crystal clear on what the results are going to be asking the right people, you know, giving them the reasons why they should consider working with us and giving them reasons why they shouldn't work with us if they're not a fit. And when you start to view all your communication inside of these frameworks and tools, it becomes a lot easier to go, oh, that's why we didn't get this result because it wasn't communicated effectively. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this was the wrong decision because they didn't use this, this decision making tool that we communicate about as well inside the book that will make every if every single team member on your team uses this one tool that we call the circle of life. Um, if they use that, you will empower your team to make better decisions than you can make on your own. And if they actually use it, they'll never make a, a bad decision because regardless, you know, most of the time they'll make the, an effective decision that will move the company forward. Over the times that they make a mistake, they'll be able to explain to you why they chose it, why the mistake happened, and it'll be an amazing learning opportunity for the company. Instead of it being like, "Oh, you screwed up again," you know, "you suck," um, which, you know, which is which can happen if we don't communicate effectively. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: you know, it's uh, it's really interesting because like even talking about that, like two thoughts came to mind. Number one is like, I just assumed for years, like, oh. I don't need to practice communication. I don't need to know, like I can talk, right? Like we're born without the ability to speak. So whoever trained us, and whenever life we grew up in and formed our paradigm, socioeconomics, religion, money, schools, aunts, uncles, whatever, formed our ability to communicate. And newsflash, I don't think many people are trained to effectively <laughs> communicate when you look at the results <laughs> of the world and why there's a billion-dollar industry around personal development, right? And so yeah. I, I love this, but I think it took me till <laughs> – You were 29 when you realized you were a copywriter. I was 34 when I realized I couldn't figure it out all by myself inside the pill bottle I was stuck in. And so communication being one of them, and I think it's an amazing distinction, but you just said something that I think is cool. And I'd I'd love to, like, even if you can break down a little bit, like, or give an overview of what the circle of life is, because I follow a lot of... Uh, conscious parenting stuff. Like my son's four, my daughter's 16. So I have quite the gamut of communication, right? Like I got one that if I'm not careful, she will just attack me because I don't know what I'm doing. Then I got one that is so good. He can manipulate me at four already because he's so cute. and He's got that like lovey from daddy and you got, you got kids. So, you know, and um, I was reading this and I caught myself the other day. I might cry when I say this, But, you know, four-year-olds, like, he tests boundaries. He tries things. He does things, right? And I saw this thing, and it was a short little video, and it was like, okay, cool. Uh, Try not to make your child buy twice. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm hooked. Let me watch. And they're like, when you go up to your child and you're like, hey, and in my case, Branson, Branson, did you draw on the wall? I already know he drew on the wall. I didn't do it. My wife didn't do it. (laughs) My daughter didn't do it, our pet snakes didn't do it, right? Like there's one person with markers in the house that would draw on the wall. And they're like, the moment you ask him something that you already know, you just taught him to lie twice. And I was like, Wow. Oh shit. <laughs> like I had to I this is like an Instagram reel or something. And I had to sit down and like process four years of parenting in that moment. Like it was like a flashback. And then I was like, holy shit, that is the most ineffective form of communication that does not create a desirable result for my son. Because now he already knows he did it. And then I'm questioning it, creating the shame cycle. And then I'm exacerbating it and giving him the only option out is to lie again because he doesn't want to upset me. And I was like, whoa. And so I like sat down with my wife and my nanny and I like Mm -hmm. consciously thought about it. And then another thing happened. And then – It was completely different because I took a direct frame. And I was like, hey, and I'm using writing on the wall as an example. It wasn't. It was around food and something else, but everybody gets it. And I was like, hey, Bubbies, listen, I know you wrote on the wall and we don't do that. So here's the two things that we can do. And immediately he was like, oh, daddy, you know, and like it was very open and he was very there. There was no shame. There was no cowering. It was like almost like a redirect with the frame. But then I realized, like, even in my business at times, something will be done. And I know they didn't do it. And I'm like, hey, so what happened? Why wasn't it done? Or didn't you know better? And it's like I'm seeding this, like, nastiness. And I don't like it. I've been working on it since I saw that video. But it ties into, like, what you said. Because it's like, okay, cool. We have a process. And you're supposed to follow it. I don't need to be, like. Hey Gabe, did you follow the process? Like, I see the result. You didn't follow the fucking process. Yeah. And then I've been yeah. I've been using this, but I have to give it credit because I'm like, hey man, listen, like, not upset, like just factually, like we have this process. I feel like it wasn't followed based on what I have here. What are the options? And like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, or this or that, or and it changes the game and it eliminates that like reactance and dig in and it keeps it in flow. And so just really interesting context. So I would love to hear like an overview of like your circle of life thing.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll explain that one fully because I, I think it's powerful and useful. And like, this is just a, a small taste of what's in the book. And I might have to add in some of what you just talked about there into the book because i it's still pr- got some pretty, space. It's pretty so. good,
0: dude. It's pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the circle of life is a decision-making framework and tool that you communicate to your team. And that if you use yourself, then you'll be able to, you'll just eliminate a lot of problems so the circle of life says um is this what's best for the company as a whole is this what's best for the team and then individual team members and then is this what's best for the clients and if you filter all of your decisions through that then you will be in business forever you will have completed the circle of life and everybody will win because with no company we have no jobs so we need to protect the company and make sure it's healthy. So again, nobody has any paychecks and we all have to go get new jobs or start new businesses. Um, If we protect the team as a whole, the culture will protect itself and all the team members will be taken good care of. And then there's kind of that little caveat. I was like, is this good for an individual team member? Like after it's passed the test, is it good for the team? And then if that's good, then it means we'll have happy, healthy team members because they're getting what they need and doing what they should be. The company should be in good shape because the company is the team. And then if we, if this is what's best for our clients and the clients are going to be happy, they're going to get results and they're going to keep paying the company. So it's forever. Mm -hmm. If you just always make your decisions of, is this what's best for the company? Then is this what's best for the team and individual team members? And then is this what's best for clients? Then you can't lose because like I said, 80, 90% of the time your team will make really great decisions, just having that in front of them and for the handful of times where we all make mistakes that if they make a mistake and it's not an excellent decision, or they really missed a piece, you can just go back and say, Hey, I know you drew on the wall, or I know you crashed that site, or I know we didn't send out the email newsletter. I know that didn't happen. So if we just look at this in light of the circle of life, where do you think, what decision wasn't in line with the circle of life and what do we think you should do next time to be effective? Cause this is an amazing learning opportunity. Um, so that's the, that's the gist of how it works and it's been game changing for me and for all the clients that I've taught it to as well.
0: I I love it. I love it. And I think the one caveat for anybody listening that I would say is that in order for it to be effective, everybody on the team has to be enrolled into the vision and the QBR, the queen bee role, the needle movers of the company. So I love it because it forces clarity before communication as well. So they know what they're protecting. like to answer the question, is this what's best for the company? For those listening, when you ask that question to your team members, they might come back and be like, well, I don't know what's best for the company. Uh, Insert solution, like create solution, team unity, right? Like if any of you ever read about like spiral dynamics, you know what I love is that they do organizational charts based on colors, right? Red is like a dictatorship. Like you do not want those, right? But teal, teal is the ideal because everybody self manages. There are no like managers, everybody manages, but that requires a level of like trust and clarity and alignment not agreement, alignment on where we're going as a company. So I, I love that. And yeah, I think you should, I think you should. Cause like my mind has been obsessed with that. Did you draw on the wall? Like I already know, like I already yeah. know. And I, I, I had to really sit down. Like my son is, my son is my best teaching tool. Cause it cuts right through my ego every single <laughs> time, but it's a yeah. beautiful lens for me because then I get to look at like, oh my God, I've done this with my wife. I've done this with my teammates. I've done it with blank. And it's like, you know, like, and it's silly sometimes, but like, I'll be like, Hey babe, will you do this? And she'll come home and like, forget. And I'll be like, I know she didn't do it. I'm like, Hey, did you not do that? Or did you do this? And like, I already know the answer. And instead of like creating connection of like, Oh, Hey babe, like, I know you're stressed and like, Hey, thank you. It's not a big deal. I I'll go get it now. I'm like, hey, let me create divisiveness and be like, hey, this is what I wanted. And my fragile little boy ego is really wounded right now because you didn't bring me home an iced tea and my world is ending. <laughs> right. And then yeah. it's it's really powerful. It's really powerful. So, yeah, I think it would be I think it would be crazy and good to add if you have space, because it's something that I've been really thinking about lately on a lot of yeah. levels.
1: No, that's excellent. I, I agree. and And that's that's the kind of premise behind the book is because it's, we don't realize all these things we do. And like you said, we were raised by random <laughs> people or decent people or whatever, but they weren't or by ourselves or by ourselves. A lot of entrepreneurs I think raise themselves for sure. And so we, nobody ever breaks this down and traditional academia doesn't do it this way either. It's, it's lots of theory and lots of context. And then you don't know how to again, filter that down into something, you know, applicable. And it's just, there's so many opportunities every day to have impactful, meaningful communication that will last a lifetime with somebody and be in their heart forever. And if we approach it that way, um, then we can we can change lives. We can move the needle. We can make the company better. We can we can really make a a huge impact. And so I talk I talk about engineering your conversations, you know, in an effective manner in there. Um, We talk about anchoring and, you know, framing and how important those things are whatever you want that has the opportunity to read this and and really engage with it it's going to be you know it's not going to be a massively long book it's going to be something you can sit down and read you Gabe know wrote it and, for
0: me you know, there's, there's yeah there might be pictures be, in it too picture book might be numbers. pictures
1: there are pictures so <laughs> but uh but yeah but like you can sit down in four or five hours and probably read the whole thing but just as importantly um you'll be able to just open it up and refresh on something or like open up and say, Oh, I, you know, I need, I need input or help on this front. Um, and it'll give you the tools for that because when we're intentional about our communication, our results change. And when we're intentional about our communication, we also raise ourselves to the next level. Like George mentioned a minute, you know, you mentioned there a minute ago, it's like, a lot of us raised ourselves, I, I maybe all entrepreneurs raise themselves, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but, but that's an ongoing journey for me to learn that I've had to father myself, you know, has been just a, a game changer for me. Um, and and having tools like this in hand is, you know, it's just made it made a big difference for me. So I'm just super excited about the impact that this will give people in their personal life with their teams. You know, it's it's for leaders and entrepreneurs, but honestly, anybody that wants to be more effective in communication is a leader in my mind and will get a ton of value from it. <laughs>
0: Totally, yeah. I mean, I have plenty more questions because I got, I got stuff. So, but it sounds like if I had to describe it, it's literally like a toolbox with an instruction manual that you can use from front to back, or you can reach into as you need it. So, you know, that's why I love things like this frameworks. And and for those wondering, like all the best things in the world, like relationships, people use the Imago dialogue, how to effectively communicate to find the middle ground and eliminate emotion. Like Brian Bogart, who is a dear friend and coming to speak at the event again, is going to talk about our emotional triggers and where it shows up and like how to use those so we can effectively communicate, not communicate from shame or anger or rage. And so I think it's, I think it's absolutely huge. And so, um, you know, you have a background in copywriting and marketing, but you went super high level to like, this is for every leader entrepreneur because, Anybody, and you said this, anybody who practices effective communication, a byproduct is they become a leader. They become impactful because they know how to communicate. Uh, But I want to go the other way on this one because this is going to resonate with me. It might sting a little bit. What are the biggest mistakes that you see people making when it comes to communication? Like, boom, boom, boom.
1: Yeah, the, the the biggest mistake is that people start off their communication with assumptions about what the other piece and person knows and and believes. And so, when we uh, when we start out that way, we we're communicating from a premise of like, oh, they should know this, or they already know this, or they understand what I want. And if we just eliminated that and use you know these simple tools and processes that, like I said, you can learn in you know thirty seconds and practice the same day and you know and implement when you when you put things like this in place then you strip away the assumptions that kill communication um that that's probably the biggest thing and i keep learning i mean i've been practicing stuff for quite a few years and i keep learning it every day every week still um to to not assume and then the other thing i would say is that people routinely just brute force other people's brains with too much information without you know anchoring into one thing without explaining here's why i'm going to go on for the next 10 minutes about something um and that that's the other thing that those are the two biggest things that cause not only like frustration stress issues probably fear in in your team some of the time too but there's a significant dollar impact when you don't communicate effectively things are late the wrong things are built it takes four meetings instead of a 15 minute you know four hours instead of a 15 minute conversation like the time impact and the dollar impact is just gross when you don't, don't have a simple, you know, communication tool set and framework to use.
0: Yeah, no, I can, I can see that. So biggest mistake number one would be making assumptions. And we all know that quote, but it's, it's so true. You know, we, we apply that everywhere. Customer journey, marketing, team leadership. Like if you don't say it, they can't do it. Like nobody knows none. And I, I, I don't believe any ambiguity is beneficial or positive when it comes to effective communication or anything in business marketing and then brute force, which uh, that one, it's a lesson. I'm still, I'm still learning. Um, Yep. I I tend to be a fire (laughs) hose.
1: Yeah. And I I think the way that you can tell, like if you, it's good to start to be aware of when you experience like that brute force of information. And it's, it's usually, if you come out of a meeting, you know, or an interaction with somebody or a long text chat, and you feel drained and overwhelmed and like stressed out and like, you're, you don't want to jump back into that same conversation. That's a great indication that the person just buried you in context, or didn't, you know, didn't have any strategy for what they wanted to share with you. And well, yes, there are times in our life where that's an appropriate therapeutic thing to give a friend or a family member or a loved one. That's not effective communication. If you're trying to get somewhere, get results, it's and unless you it, therapy is great. Like we should just all <laughs> talk about whatever we want. And we do provide therapy to people around us. And, and that's fine sometimes. But when you want to get somewhere, you need to be clear about where you want to go. And one another um, tool that I'll share that I talk about a little in the book in the book as well is if I don't understand what my team members is saying or what they want. And I'll say, OK, well, what problem are you trying to solve? And so then they'll say, the problem I'm trying to solve is, and they'll explain like, oh, cool. Like, we'll go talk to this person. They have it, or here's the answer. or I have that tool. Um, and just learning to to communicate in that way just makes things work a lot better. And with the bigger the team's gotten here, the more I've had to make sure that these are repeatable, scalable tools, not just something that I assumed in my head. Right. So
0: (laughs) full circle with Gabe on this one, full circle. Yeah. I think, you know, like uh, it took me a long time to realize that my communication is only effective if the person on the other end can receive it. And you know, that, that being a big one, I'd say like, I have to add a mistake that I have been working on for years, you know, assumptions being one brute forcing number two, but I think space is the secret weapon for communication to be effective space. Yeah. Like, I know it took me probably 10 years to be s- comfortable in silence, right? And not like fill space or try to fill space or not give them their space. Yeah. And it's still, depending on who it's with or the context, still to this day, it makes my skin turn. And I'm like overly confident in the most awkward conversations and situations. <laughs> but I'd say that That's probably one of the biggest mistakes I see is people don't leave space, right? There's no space for it to land, for it to marinate, for it to react, or space for the person to lean in, give you tells, communicate back. And I know that was a big one for me. So that's, that's one I'll add to the pile of like, don't make that mistake. Pausing is powerful, like powerful when it comes to communication. So, and I love that, by the way, you said that tool with your team is like, if you're unclear with somebody, what? they want or what they're doing the the I don't want to say the assumption but most of the time they're probably trying to solve something and so you say uh, what problem are you trying to solve
1: yeah because if they don't know then and like I don't it's never it's never a negative thing but if they don't know then they shouldn't bring it up yet and that's okay and they should work it out or think it through and if they know then they didn't frame up a question where I can solve it and like I just want to go go do this go do this go do this for the time, like every daily huddle we have, like I'm happy to help the team and I wanna help them all within 10 minutes, which I do. Um, not me alone, but like, if there's questions, there's probably four or five questions for me. And if I don't know what they're asking me, then I have no idea what to do. And it just extends the conversation yeah. and it's expensive yeah. for everybody and it's frustrating. So, um, you know, me or one of the other leaders on the team will say, hey, George, what problem are you trying to solve? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. And, and and then it just, it dials it right in And then they'll sometimes they'll say, oh, I just want to give you a status. I'm like, cool. I don't need to do anything. But if, again, like if you don't frame it into that, you know. I was going to give everybody an
0: example. So like this is, this will probably be the last note that we hit, but framing, um, you know, basically when somebody comes with a lack of clarity and you ask that question, what problem are you trying to solve? It puts them into a frame, right? Because the frame then becomes, oh, problem solving. And they're either like, oh, I have this problem or. They're like, I just need to give you an update. But then they tell you the frame is I need to give you an update. So one of the things that we do, I do it with my wife. I do it with my team. Um, Like I'll call my CEO and I'm like, listen, I don't need you to do anything. I just need to dump. Are you okay if I dump? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And I just start like diarrheaing of the mouth and emotions and fear. And then I'm like, I have clarity at the end or – I'll be like, hey, man, I need to dump, but I could use some advice when I'm done. And so we always try to frame that up. And like my wife and I had a really deep conversation yesterday because she's had an amazing week. I've had a pretty tough one. And she immediately was just in her power. Like, what do you saw? I'm like, hey, baby, like, I love you. I don't need you to talk. Like, can you just can I just like dump for a minute and like get it all out. And she just listened for like 10 minutes. And then we got off the phone. I texted her 10 minutes later. I'm like, I am so sorry for all that verbal diarrhea. Like I am so good now and so clear, but the frame is what makes a massive, massive difference. And I I would call it the intentionality of the conversation. And so making sure that we're not having like unintentional or the worst part. and, And my wife and I work on this a lot, not enrolling each other in each other's lack of clarity or what's coming up. And I'd say it's probably 90% me, 10% her. Um, but <laughs> allowing yeah. ourselves the space to be in it and then asking for help when we need it, but always finding that way to frame it and be crystal clear on it. So I, I absolutely love that question. I love that question. Yeah, So
1: and that's just- Go ahead, yep, go ahead, no, go just ahead. Say, that, that just is a great example of being clear about what you want and what you need out of the interaction or clear in the ask. and it's just a habit that if we develop that, we're able to, you know, it'd be like sitting down in a restaurant, and they come up and ask you, you know, what do you what do you want to order? And you don't respond, that wouldn't be helpful. Or, like, you know, or asking, you know, they'll, they'll get annoyed if they come back five more times, and you still haven't made up your mind. And so like, it just in our communication, we should want something from it, we should have a clear ask. And when you communicate that ahead of time, it makes it a really Really amazing relationship, just like you shared with your wife. Like same thing with Rachel. Sometimes I'll be like, "How can I support you right now? What do you need?" And she's like, "I just need you to listen, or yeah. I'd like your advice on this." And knowing that up front makes for a much better, you know, time together and, and conversation than me immediately thinking I need to solve the problem. But that's not the asks that she had. <laughs> yeah, <So. laughs> and
0: and by the way, if everybody listening to this doesn't get it, this is the number one secret relationship tool in the world, especially for men. Uh, don't try to solve something you're not asked to solve or you're going to have the opposite effect.
1: That is right.
0: Opposite effect. Okay. So like, just, just listen. It's very powerful. Our masculine energy, our, our, our reptilian brain of men is like fix, 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 fix. Make sure right. it's wanted, make yeah. sure it's wanted or else it's going to create reactants and it's going to go the wrong way. And so I that love is- it. And the, you know, the waitress or the, the waiter, the waitress, the restaurant example works. so Well, this just happened to me. Like I was having dinner with a friend and we were catching up and the waiter came over like twice. And I was like, hey, listen, like we're not even probably going to look at the menu for like 10 minutes. Can we just get like some drinks and some bread? And if I need you, I'll flag you down. But I don't want you to keep. Oh, they're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. And then he didn't have to come into the table. Like, yeah. no. cause you know, they like, they're like, they want us to be fed and have an experience yeah. turn tables, And then he was like, Oh, totally fine. And then we caught up and we were able to do it, but practicing it everywhere will make you more effective in your business and your leadership and everything. This isn't just in your business. It's everywhere. Yeah. I think everybody should practice this as much as possible. So I absolutely love it. So, um, let's do this because I want everybody to get it. So the, the website for the book, the book is called atomic words. So the website is AtomicWordsBook.com. And when does it come out?
1: It, we are finishing up the final writing right now. It'll be edited in November. And everybody that jumps in and backs the book now will get early copies because oh. our, full, our, our full launch will be early next year.
0: I was bummed I wasn't number one because, like, I try to always be number one. But I am I am in there. And so uh, I would highly recommend everybody go. So it's AtomicWordsBook.com. So A-T-O-M-I-C-W-O-R-D-S-Book.com. And then you can back it, get your copy. You'll get an early copy, which if you're listening to this, that's within the next month and a half, two months. And so I'm assuming – Gabe will be sending out some lovely language and and bonuses and all that fun stuff. And it's there. Yeah. And so I absolutely love it. So any closing words about the book, about anything, like give it to him, Gabe, because you've earned the right. Cause there's nuggets in this episode already.
1: <laughs> no. Well, first of all, just again, thank you, George. It's always a blast to come on. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share this with, with you and, and your whole audience and just your whole online family here. And I would just say, um, for everyone, you know, listening, I, I would encourage you to, to get a copy of it, because regardless of where you're at in your career or your personal life, having this, the skills and the tool set to communicate effectively, not only moves the needle, makes you more money, gives you more time, makes your team happier, but it'll make you happier. Because when you clearly communicate and you're, you're clearly understood, that's, I think, one of the biggest things that we desire as humans, and especially as entrepreneurs and leaders, we want to be understood. and in order to be understood, we have to learn those skills. Um, and, you know, it. this, I just guarantee you when you implement these tools, it will have that lasting impact on your relationships with with your team, with your family, with, you know, with all those that you care about. And I don't want anybody to be misunderstood, especially not the entrepreneurs and leaders out there that are really trying to change the world. It's a lonely place to be an entrepreneur sometime, but it doesn't have to be when you start to understand these communication principles. So. I would just encourage everybody to, to jump in and get a copy of it because it will, there's, like I said, you can learn that you can pick it up and read it for 10 minutes and change your life. You don't even have to finish the book. I think you should, but you can just, you can even just pick what you want out of it. It's literally a tool set that will just make communication easier for you and more impactful.
0: I love it. Yeah. So I love it. I'm, I'm excited for it because I need help translating my entrepreneur to English and it'll help other people. You know, like, it's funny, my family to this day, my family is still, Every time we talk, what do you do? What do you do? And I was like, are we still having this conversation like 15 years later? And it's like, I actually don't know. But the book should be my tool to help me to effectively communicate what that is. So everybody, uh, go grab your copy at AtomicWordsBook.com. Gabe, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being here. As always, you're welcome anytime for everybody. Go show Gabe some love Gabe Arnold across all the interwebs, but I'm not going to give you anything else to do except go to the book. Cause I want to be clear and concise in my communication without too much context. And so that's where you're going to go. So everybody have a good day, Gabe. Thanks for being here. Now I'm going to shut up and we're going to cue the outro. Go. Thank you for listening to another episode of the mind of George show. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club. Fill out the application and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.